Nice of you guys to drop by. Welcome back to the Resistance Broadcast, everybody. I'm John. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's Monday. It is our last Monday show in April. And you know what that means. Next Monday is May the 4th, which we are going to do. We have, we're just going to start teasing things on Twitter. Coming soon. Big news coming soon. <laughs> Lot coming soon. <laughs> this. Stay tuned. Probably not. But it's Star Wars. And it's a good time. And joining me as always, James and Lacey. How you guys doing? Um, we usually don't do too much different stuff on May the, May the 4th, at least uh, as far as I could remember. Um, I could probably go back and look, but it yeah. just so happens this one's falling on a podcast day next Monday. But I don't think we have anything major planned other than uh, trying to do a good show. But um, we don't usually do anything crazy on May the 4th, right? I Not, don't. I don't think our podcast has ever announced or done anything um although i do like to pay attention to uh other content creators and star wars proper just uh, you know it's kind of like reminds me of april fool's day like i'm excited to see what other people come up with yeah mm-hmm. yeah 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 Lacey? yeah i don't really do anything but i love mm-hmm. star wars so it's like every day <laughs> for me i guess oh and it's my sister's birthday happy birthday chelsea Hey. I know hey. she's not listening, probably, but mm. I know her husband is. So, Matt, tell Chelsea I wish her happy birthday. So, you're married to a Matt. <laughs> happy birthday. Chelsea's married to a Matt. And you're... Kelly is not. Kelly's not. Okay, well, Kelly... I'm a middle child. Mi- Mrs. Damon is married to a Matt. Matt Damon? <laughs> Got it. Yeah, my dad about... makes the joke all the time that, like, if Kelly would just date a Matt, then... They'd all be Matt, and he wouldn't have to remember anybody's name. Very good. That's solid dad humor right there. Um, <laughs> so before we get into Resistance Report, uh, we saw that news uh, that StarWars.com released about the Dr. Afra audiobook coming out that's kind of tied in uh, with her appearance in the Darth Vader comic as like a kind of a launching pad to her own adventures. It's going to kind of be like Jedi lost the Dooku thing with a full script and full audiobook. Now, James, mm-hmm. you're... You you take in the books via audiobooks. So does this thing like you? Did you like the Dooku one? And does this thing give you the same excitement? Are you excited about this? Are you an Afra fan? Where are you at with this thing? Um, actually, to be honest with you, like I really was excited about the the prospect of learning more about Dooku. That was one of the first things I ever said on when I joined Resistance Broadcast. I was like, Hey, man, where's the Dooku book? I want to learn more about mm-hmm. this character. Um, and, and at the end of the day, the radio drama with all the multiple people talking and stuff that actually, to me was more confusing than an audio book. And I actually kind of ended up being like, I wish that just what they didn't do it that way. Um, they did end up releasing like a version of it. That's like a, uh, a book that you can read, <laughs> but I also, they're not going to do an audio book of that book, mm-hmm. you know? So it's yeah. kind of like the audio drama or bust. Right. Um, the cool thing I think with the Afro one is that it's going to be, it's going to follow the comic. So I think it's kind of like an audio version retelling of the story, maybe with some bonus stuff. So at the end of the day, I don't think I'm ever going to get like super lost or I'll have like a reference point. Um, so I'm actually kind of excited about this. And I, and I think it opens the door for more fans. I think maybe they might be dipping their toes in like, do, do people like this character? We've introduced her here. Maybe we can bring it over to these people, yeah. these fans, the book fans, maybe yeah. instead of just the comic fans. So I don't know. We'll see, you know, and not much to say about it right now. Right. And you know, Lacey, we, I know you edit the rumor and theory reviews for me, um, which I have to get another one going soon, but I know I had covered the rumor about Afra having a potential Disney plus series that was going around. Someone had said that that was happening. Do you think this was a code a sort of a miscommunication and maybe this is what was really going on? Or do you think there's still going to be some sort of Afra TV series? I actually didn't put any of that together. I think you did, but <laughs> I, I, mean, I guess so. I don't want to take. You know, Lacey, sometimes <laughs> just take the bone. I don't. Well, I don't want to take credit for something John's I didn't come up with. John's throwing you the bone. Pointing at the fourth wall, and Lacey just goes, pow, right through it. 
I don't like taking credit for things that I didn't come up with. And I can tell you mm. right now, anything with Dr. Afra, I did not come up with it because I don't know anything about this character except that it exists. All right. Fair enough. You know I, I didn't want to lie. Is that is, and you know what? That is fair. Okay. Okay. But, but you can go ahead and say that now. <laughs> but something you did come up with was the virtual cantina. And we had a happy hour this past Friday on Zoom did. that you kind of just threw out there one day last week uh, or two weeks ago to the internet. And you were like, hey, why don't we do this? And all these people were like, yeah, yeah, let's do that. And then you're like, oh, well, we have to do this now. So um, yeah. good job. Good job coming up with it. Good job putting it together. And uh, mm. what are your thoughts on the virtual cantina? Why don't you shed some light on how that came to be? Came to be? My thoughts are I had a couple glasses of wine and I was watching Netflix and I was like, you know what? I miss hanging out with people. It might be really fun to have a Star Wars themed virtual happy hour. So Mm -hmm. I tweeted it out like sometimes James says that I tweet out my thoughts. I tweeted it out thinking, hey, this might be a cool thing. And then I wake up the next day and there's like, you know, 800 likes and people are like, yeah, let's do this. And I'm like, oh, so like I have to follow through on this. And then, like, Greg Grunberg is tweeting that he wants to join. And I was just like, wait, what? <laughs> so, yeah, I guess. It's pretty wild. I yeah. guess I have to follow through on it. Which, okay, to be fair, that makes me so happy that people want to hang out with me. Or anything. Have anything to do with me. So, when people are like, yeah, we'd love to hang out with you virtually and drink alcohol. I was like, hells yeah, let's do this. So, mm-hmm. There were several days of freaking out, I'm not going to lie, and these guys know, of like, just like, how are we going to make this work? But I think it went pretty well. All right. I think people had fun, and that's all that matters. And maybe there'll be another thing popping up in the future, right? And maybe don't tweet things after two glasses of wine. Yeah, we joked (laughs) off, we we (laughs) joked off air, like, what if, like, Lacey just tweets, uh, you know what? Next Saturday, I'm going to the top of the Empire State Building, and I'm going to scream Star Wars, and people are like, "All right, I'll meet you there." And then they'll actually show up, and then they'll be mad when you're not there. So, yeah. I know. Yeah, man, sleepless. In I'm Seattle. lonely, guys. Yeah. Come talk to me. <laughs> All right. You know what? You know what's not lonely? What? The Mandalorian. Oh, I thought you were going to say the Resistance Report. I was like, I guess that loner. <laughs> That loner who ha- who's now uh, that lone wolf who has a baby, and uh, we're gonna learn yeah. a little bit more about that now that we have some more news that James is gonna take us through in the Resistance Report, as Grandma Tarkin Ooh. would say. It's the Resistance. Well, John, you were alluding to some Mandalorian news, and we have plenty of it. We got two stories, actually, but uh, before we get started on anything relating to future Mandalorian, let's talk a little bit about the the Mandalorian that has already happened, but we're going to get a closer look at. And uh, we did talk a little bit about um, how they announced the series and how we're uh, going to bring back Mando Fancho for that. Uh, we'll talk about that in the Scoundrels Rundown, but... Um, they were they did release a trailer and a poster and a couple other details about the show. So I just wanted to um, spend some time to talk about like what we have seen so far. Um, Lacey, what did you think of the trailer that we got uh, that was put out by by basically Disney Plus, but it was spread all over the place of, of from all the social media and GMA as well. Also, yeah, played the trailer. Yeah, first shout out to Clayton Sandell, our buddy Clayton, who kind of gave a heads up to everybody that morning because usually with these Mm -hmm. types of things they put out the day before they're like oh stay tuned tomorrow morning this they like didn't and i'm assuming it's because they plan to release it anyway so they were like eh, whatever you don't need to make a big deal about it but uh heads up to clayton because i did watch it on gma with uh i believe her name's ginger the like weather girl that's like somehow (laughs) the star wars person and it's not clayton it should be clayton but ginger um she's fine so anyway Uh, the Mandalorian trailer is really exciting because we say this all the time. I know I do. I love behind the scenes stuff. I went to college for, uh, video production and film production. So 
this stuff like really gets me excited and oftentimes I enjoy it more than the actual movie itself because you get to see the process of Mm -hmm. creation to problem solving um I learn a ton about these the in these behind the scenes type reels um and you get to learn from people that are like the best of the best like John Favreau is like up there as the best so I'm excited to see a bunch of people work together uh, to make this series happen and from everything we learned in the trailer you know it seems like kind of Star Warsy in the sense that it's like this ragtag group of people they're all different all different viewpoints backgrounds all different uh, opinions on Star Wars and connections with Star Wars and yet they're working on one project together and they're all just pumped to be in the same room um, mm-hmm. that's always fun to see um, I'm excited to see Baby Yoda tiny as we call him here on the resistance broadcast uh in action behind the scenes with the rods and then in the the cradle i loved how they deborah chow talked about how werner herzog was like playing with like directing the puppet and Mm -hmm. how he was so adamant of like guys we gotta like make this work the magic and like make it work and 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 give more time to the puppet to make it work um, I just loved that because it, it just shows you that everybody's <laughs> invested at every single level from the puppeteers to the stunt guys to the actors to the creatives and directors and whatnot. Um, and then I'm really pumped to hear more about the big volume, right? That's what it's called. Big room. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And and there are moments that you see with the stunt guys. So I'm super pumped because as, as you guys know, I said in a previous episode, I really hope they get a little bit of a shout out. And they do. You see them in the, the trailer, them being the Mandalorian. So I'm excited for that, too. Yeah. Did, was there any particular part of the trailer that was like your favorite part? Favorite part. I mean, all the Baby Yoda parts were great, obviously. Um, but I, I loved seeing Gina Carano just like having a great time. She's the best. She mm-hmm. really is the best. Um, John, what do, what were your thoughts on the trailer? Um, with what you know, what I kind of expected. Um, you get your uh, heartstring tugging music, the epic type of trailer music that comes standard now with uh, your average movie trailer of um, big epic storytelling type of stuff. Dun 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 dun. Yeah, yeah. And then at the end, it's always the emotional beats and and the the quiet parts as the logo comes up and all that stuff. But so a piano, like playing single notes. Yep. Yeah. You like recognize. Yeah. But I I liked it a lot. It's funny. Like my favorite part was Filoni talking actually. Um, in that round table with Favreau and the like, and, um, just kind of like he's the, the, everyone knows he's the tie to, you know, George Lucas and this, that, and the other, but how he was talking about it, it's, it's for kids and it's to remind kids that there's hope because they need that. Um, and that felt good to hear because, you know, you hear a lot of people trying to get Star Wars to stray away and, and get more adult and that sort of thing. But I think it's really important that you have someone like a Dave Filoni who's, you know, really cementing the fact that what Star Wars is really all about is teaching kids a lesson and, and that there's hope out there and to, to do the right thing and that there's always uh, an opportunity to turn things around and that sort of stuff. So I like that a lot. Um, one thing that really surprised me, there's absolutely zero Pedro Pascal in this, uh, aside from uh, one or two shots of him sitting at the table. Um, you have No, there's uh, a shot with him and Gina. Yeah, but he's not, there's no dialogue with him at all. Like, he doesn't speak oh, at yeah, all yeah. during any of this. Mm. Right. He's in maybe one or two frames of this, and he is the lead role. Imagine any other making of of a movie or anything. Imagine, like, a making of, of Iron Man, and Robert Downey Jr. is shown for two seconds and doesn't say a thing, Right. which was a John right. Favreau product. <laughs> that was so bizarre yeah. to me, and, you know, it's the reminder of the fact that he really mostly did... ADR and, and vocal stuff uh, on season one. Now, I fully expect that to have changed with season two. They already filmed it, so we'll probably find out more as, as leaks and stuff come out, uh, whether he was in the suit more. But that was very interesting to me, and I'm curious what other, other, other people think about that. Um, and then the third thing, uh, Rick Famuyiwa and Deborah Chow and uh, Bryce Dallas Howard talking about the experience of making this and how new it is to them. Um, obviously, to Bryce Dallas Howard, it's interesting. It was her first directing job, 
and it's also using this brand new technology. So it's she's going to be going and directing other stuff in the future using older technology than she's done. Like she's like, I started day one with this newest technology, and now I have to go back and go to actual places and do sets and stuff. But and then Rick, well, her and Daisy Ridley have that in common. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, and then you have I never Rick thought Famuyiwa. About it like that. I never thought about yeah. that before. Uh, and then you have Rick Femme. You were just saying like he was a big Star Wars fan and talking about the volume a bit and how amazing and exciting it is. And, and it's, uh, it's really limitless for them. And also very protective. You get this sense when you see that room and that cylinder that there's a lot of protection there. Uh, and that it's kind of like whoever needs to be here is going to be here. And I think that's good for futures of avoiding leaks and that sort of thing. And then Deborah Chow, just seeing her in the mix, her hand in the clay, just shaping that story. Here's where the mind probe device should be. And Favreau's right there. Like, yeah, you know, that's good. I like that they're working together and seeing that Favreau was involved. He wasn't just on the phone saying, oh, that was good. Okay, good. I'll be uh, in my pool. He was in right. the mix as well. Filoni's right there. Like It was clearly a very collaborative, very passionate team effort. And I think that's really what's going to bleed through the most in this documentary is everyone being full bore, full in, all in, on set, in the mix. And uh, it showed because it's an absolute quality product and all these people seem really into it and down to, down to earth. And you know, Kathleen was in the trailer too. So that means she was on the set as well. She was not banned from season one. I guess so season two was the only set she's uh, banned from, according to silly silliness out there on the internet. Yeah, but this is going to be so cool. I can't wait to do the Mando fan show and talk about this. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, we didn't. My, we, they didn't show George Lucas in this, right? So they're saving. They that didn't. Maybe? I think no. they're saving it. Yeah. 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 Um, my favorite part was, uh, you know, they announced this with it. They said there's going to be roundtable discussions and we'd kind of kicked around, you know, um, what that might look like. But, uh, I think seeing it in person actually got me more excited. And that was my favorite part is I was like, hold on, you know, you, you're, you're having Filoni and Favreau and then you have all the directors all sitting around and they're just going to have this, the, these conversations about, uh, the differences in their approach and like, you know, um, what their episodes more maybe were like in comparison to like your episode, like you got this. And I was like, Oh man, I wish I had that. But then I got to work on this and I was like, man, this is the heart of the story, you know? So I'm, I'm really excited for the round table with them. Um, even like way more than the actors that are in the show. Like, I think the actors are cool. Um, and I'm, I'm excited for it, but, um, my two main things are going to be the volume. Uh, like it was discussed before. That's just, I, I absolutely love that. The idea of that technology and, um, and, uh, actually I even found an article one time from a, uh, a company that was showcasing this new technology and I sent it over to John and I was like, Hey man, I think this is the volume. And, uh, they're just not saying it and it turns out like it that's exactly what it is the volume is is bigger but it is it is the same technology and if anybody knows uh corridor crew um on youtube they did a video on the mandalorian and they talked about how cool the technology is because they got to go to a set and see it in person with this other company and work with it and it was the same company that i sent uh, you that video of. Yeah. So I was kind of like aware of what they were talking about, and I was like, "This is it, man. This is that technology. <laughs> um, this is kind of like our first glimpse at it before they actually showed pictures and stuff." So very excited for that. Very excited for the director's roundtable. But I think more than this show, more than this eight series documentary, we're excited for more Mandalorian, right? Yes. Yeah. Real quick though, James. Just sure. Yeah, have you guys watched those like Hollywood Reporter roundtables that they, when they do that, they get? Yes. Th- th- I'm excited for it for that reason, too, because I'll sit and watch those things and see these like titans of their industry, like comparing and like being humble with one another and being like, wow, you did that or you did that. And then we're going to get that for this show is I-, I have to double down on what you said. It's it's I'm really excited about those. I, I think the recent one yeah. was like Shia LaBeouf and Adam Driver and Tom Hanks, like all at the same table. Yeah, they usually do them before too. the Oscars. Oh, yeah. oh, but but so many more. Jim I mean, Carrey was yeah, there, and Jamie was there. Yeah. 
What? Jim Carrey was on that one, I think. Like, there was a bunch of... Uh... No, I don't think Jim Carrey was on that one. All right. Well, he was probably that one. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody stop me. <laughs> uh, yeah, but... Uh, but no, yeah, that's exactly it, man. I I, I love those as well. <laughs> Just no Jim Garrick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but hey, I was getting ready to go into it. More Mandalorian, right? Yeah. Um, we already know Mandalorian season two is coming, and uh, we don't have a whole lot of information about that. But um, Variety is reporting that they have a source that is saying they have already begun pre-production on Mandalorian season three three that is like our first glimpse at hope that um maybe they're not going to like uh shortchange the series and be like there it is it's kind of like a mini series it's done um this might actually give us potential that this could be a a, a three three season four season five season as long as they think the show is successful they may run with it um john what do you think about uh the the rumor or the report, if you will, uh, that they are already in pre-production on season three. Yeah. It's just so cool because, um, the Mandalorian is the solid footing and solid ground and sense of stability that I felt, I feel like Lucasfilm really needed. Um, especially your first live action TV show for the new Disney streaming service, just being a hit, no drama, no delays, no problems. And you got to thank John Favreau for that. He's the one common denominator for that. Um, every other Star Wars project has had issues pretty much. Um, maybe, I don't think The Last Jedi did, but every other one had some form of another, a little bit of a, you know, issues and changing this person, and this person's coming in, blah, blah, blah. Um, this has been so rock solid. And the fact that they're already in pre-production, he's writing the scripts, uh, they have the art department going with new concepts um, so that they can maintain their schedule uh, because this is a big show, even though they are using technology that um, helps cut down the time to produce the show. It's still a high budget show and you need to have these things ready. And the fact that they're already able to do this, even during these times where everyone shut down and in quarantine, they could do it from their own quarters and online and, and that sort of stuff is really exciting. But again, you know, my biggest takeaway is that Favreau has with this project, um, and of course everyone else involved, you know, Filoni and, and uh, Kathleen Kennedy or whatever, they needed this to be um, a rock solid thing because it's the first live action show. If this thing fell apart or wasn't received well or had delays, the, the trickle effect that has on all other future Star Wars live action shows is evident. Look what happened to the standalone films after Solo didn't perform well. Um, so this, this is such an important show and the fact that it's on solid ground was so desperately needed for Lucasfilm, a studio that to, to this day, even with the success of, uh, the rise of Skywalker is, uh, questioned by a lot of people, including myself at this point in terms of some of their decision-making and where's the 2022 movie, what's going on with Ryan Johnson, why aren't we hearing things? Um, so I think it was so important for the show to be where it is and to hear that they're already kicking season three into gear and Favreau's hammering out the scripts. Uh, just it's, it's a relieving and comforting thing to hear. Yeah, absolutely. Lacey, anything to add to that? I mean, John said a lot of it, but, um, I mean, like I always say, I'm just excited that there's more star Wars content coming. And this was definitely a surprise to me only because season two is not even out yet. Um, I know they had said before season one came out that they were doing a season two and that got everybody excited, but mm -hmm. this just seems like we weren't even sure, like you said, James, if we were going to get more than two seasons or what does this look like? Is it a long, are we going to get eight seasons of this or is it more of like a three trilogy type, two seasons, three seasons? Um, I hope they keep making it, but I hope they also don't keep making it to the point that we just get sick of it, which I would never do, but. You know what I mean? Like that they kind of <laughs> right. run it into the ground. Um, but it it is optimistic that they're going on to a season three with this show because it is super popular. It is really well received. Um, and just like John said, it's it's hard as a Star Wars fan to look at the current state of Star Wars in the sense of Kenobi got pushed back, Cassian got pushed back again. Uh, you know, this project's not happening. These people left. This person left. This person switching around. 
you just kind of are like, okay, well, what does that mean for me as a fan? Like, what am I going to be getting from Lucasfilm and from Star Wars? Um, and that's not in a sense of like being greedy or anything. It, it's in a sense of, I love this content. I love this fandom. Why aren't we getting what other franchises and other fandoms are getting? Like, why aren't we getting the four-year plan map that other people got? And yet, even when we get that map, it's like kind of breadcrumbs of of what other people are getting on the trajectory of like, oh, this is what we're laying out. Um, especially given that Lucasfilm is part of Disney and Disney goes into these conferences <laughs> or just outwardly like announces that they're doing six movies for Disney. You know, they're like, oh, we're doing Lion King and we're doing Mulan and we're doing Toy Story 4 and we're doing these and we're doing that. And like, I would love to see that for star wars so the idea that we're getting a season three already it, it's exciting it's cool uh i really really love this show just like dave filoni said in the trailer for the behind the scenes stuff like it's about hope it's about family it's about being uplifted and that's why i love this show um and that's what i think star wars is about too so any more mando they give us i'll take yeah you know, I, I spent a little bit of that time thinking about <laughs> the stories that we've had so far. Um, like, I, I guess, like, did, did would anybody be opposed if Rebels came back for a fifth season? Would anybody be opposed if Clone Wars decided to do an eighth season? Um, is anybody opposed that they're doing a second or third Mandalorian season? The only one that I feel like might fall into that category would potentially be resistance. But I think, I don't know. I, I think it still falls into a category of like, if you were, if you were watching that show and you liked it for what it was, I wouldn't be bummed if they said, we're going to do a third season. I'd be like, okay, cool. You know, like, I don't, I don't think there is a such thing as a star Wars property at this point that people would be like, Oh my God, just kill it. Just stop. You know? <laughs> if they know I don't episode know if 10. it's that, but it's from my perspective, it would be more of a, oh, I wish they were putting the more resources towards something else. I don't think it's a, oh, this doesn't, you know, kill this. I would just think, ugh, I, I kind of so. wish they were moving forward with something else. But when I hear about, like, because I don't watch TV that often, when sure. I hear about people talking about tv it's generally like yo dexter so good not that season though you know <laughs> or something like that like they should have ended it at blank because that blank season was no good and there's very few shows that are like all the way through uh great and i i i don't know in like a weird way i kind of feel like no matter what Mandalorian would be one of those shows where um, wherever they decide to end it, it's going to be like the right, like people are going to want more, but they ended it and we'll be glad that they ended it at season four. Boom. Like that was the end of that story or something. And Mando, Mando going on doesn't stop other new Star Wars shows from being made. It just stops. If it stops, it just stops Mando from being made. So whereas if another show popped up, and people are like, oh, well, it's more Star Wars, sure. I'm like, well, yeah, but it's not Solo too, so get out of here. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But And actually, it's funny, too, not, to, to bring it back to the Resistance thing, too, is um, a lot of people looked at Resistance as getting canceled, but I said in my series review, I was like, you know what, though? I don't think that story could have gone anywhere anyway. Like, I think two seasons for that story and those characters was exactly all that it needed anyway. Yeah. So, um so I, I think I think it was was planned well. And um, so far, TV seems to be uh, pretty solid as far as the content uh, that we get out of Star Wars. And so it, I don't know. It's a, Movies, dude, it is a little tricky. It's here. amazing <laughs> when you try to, like, connect the dots how ahead of time they're doing these animated stuff. Because, like, yeah. before he blocked everybody or whatever or went, like, rogue... Pablo had said that resistance was like done like three years ago or something like that. Like right. they, they were working on, they were working on season four of rebels before season two was like aired. That, and that's it. And so, and the, th- um, uh, clone wars we know was 
like in the can when they had to you know finish it up or when touch it up and add the new episodes but um i'm curious what that means for a next you know rebels like that could have been done two years ago and they're like we're just waiting for the right time like you know not even that i wonder how many star wars projects got scrapped that we never even knew existed like what projects went to like josh trank boba fett movie well not even that i'm just saying like what other projects we no one even heard of that like went to meetings or had concept art or went through a whole process that they ultimately were like eh yeah I mean, we just talked about what, John. What was his name? J, J J D Dillard. D Dillard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's he's reportedly working on a Star Wars movie, not even TV shows. Right. Like we're talking about movies, and at the same time, like if that never came to be, we'd all be like, "Oh, I I bet that was a real thing, but it just didn't go through." Like Matt Smith, you know, because yeah. they're always working and they're always doing this. It's stuff, like Matt Smith, know? yeah. I mean, there was the rumor about Taika doing one. There's a rumor about that guy, J.D. Diller, doing one. Uh, Kevin Feige doing one. Ryan Johnson still doing something. Uh, like, there's a lot of reported stuff out there. And maybe that is why Lucasfilm and Disney are being hesitant because they're like, look, we announced two things and both of them might not happen. One being the Benioff and Wise is thing. Is Feige then- not official? No, it is. That is official. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. They just he didn't did. anna- okay. like announce what he's doing, I guess. Right. Yeah. Kathleen Kennedy talked about how he he wanted to do it, and they're so excited to work with him and that sort of thing. So that that one was yeah. official. Yeah. 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 Like the the Trank and the J D Dillard and and the other one that we mentioned, even um, Taika. Oh no no no! But yeah, Taika. Th- those were all rumors, and like it's like okay, or they're reported by trade and not like an official announcement. But the Kevin Feige one was like straight right. from them, right? Um, but anyway, um, yeah, I think we're all excited. It's it's good to hear, John. You're exactly right. Mandalorian is kind of the stable ground we need in in this because no matter how much you hate or love the movies, we're all like, yo, Mandalorian though, <laughs> right? <laughs> a little bit of a, a, a camaraderie there. Yeah. Um, now. We just we just did a quick like rundown of all like the movie rumors and who's working on projects, um, but we do have uh, a- another one coming out there. But it's not from a movie; it's for a new Star Wars series. Uh, this one is the showrunner of the show Russian Doll. I don't know if anybody's seen that, uh, but the showrunner is Leslie Headland, and she is reportedly working on a um, female-led star wars series for disney plus um lacy what do you think about this news do you think it's it's likely to happen and if it is is it is it a good story so first of all anytime they announce new star wars i'm excited so that's cool uh female-led series excited for i i saw a lot of kind of comments about it because you know we've had rogue one which is female-led we've had the sequel trilogy Mm -hmm. which is female-led so some people are Mm -hmm. like why does it have to be female-led but i think if it's a woman writer and director it probably makes sense that it's female centric um that being said i don't know a ton about leslie headland however she was at the premiere of the rise of skywalker which is interesting because it makes me want to go back in the pictures and see who else was there and kind of be like who what writers are here at the premiere right now um (laughs) <laughs> which is weird I, yeah. I almost don't understand why they they give the invite so early you know i don't know maybe the process was already started at that point we don't we don't really know but so Fab- no i know it is TLJ. that's what i'm saying and little do we know mando <laughs> right um that being said i haven't seen russian doll i watched the trailer uh prior to this i've heard great things about it Um, But the trailer to me seemed very like edgy, dark, a lot about drugs and sex. And um, it seemed like a combination of like a really dark Groundhog Day slash Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise, where it's like (laughs) they're replaying the same day. But it's like it's like her at a house party and doing drugs and dying and stuff. Um, So that was interesting. (laughs) So how are they going to bring that in? Well, (laughs) more than that, James. I actually have seen a movie of hers that I didn't realize was hers, which was Bachelorette with Kirsten Dunst. Um, And that movie is even more edgy. It is nonstop swearing, girls doing coke, 
strippers, like it is raunchy comedy, which look, I love a good comedy. I love it. So it's a great movie. It's hilarious. It's so funny. Kirsten Dunst is amazing in that movie. However, when I see that and I hear Star Wars, I'm like, wait, what? And I saw a lot of people pumped that she's directing because I guess she's come out a lot of times saying, oh, I'm a Star Wars fan. I'm a huge Star Wars fan. And all her interviews are like self-proclaimed Star Wars nerd. Um, But it gets me a little nervous to go from a Dave Filoni who's talking about in the Mando trailer behind the scenes saying how George always said it's about kids and it's about hope and it's about uplifting. And then she's doing shows that are good in their own right and movies that are really, really funny but they're very adult. Like you would never mm-hmm. show any of these things to a kid. So you can't help but kind of be like, okay, but where is she going to take that from what she knows and does in all of her projects to what Star Wars is? Now, before people flip out at me in the comments and get angry, uh, I understand that when someone's a good writer, they can write anything. Um, but I read a ton of interviews with her And her interviews were very like, you know, Quentin Tarantino wants to do a Western or a sci-fi. My question to myself is, what am I pissed off about? Like, that was her response in the interview. So I get a little concerned because I'm like, okay, well, why would you ever want to approach something angry in the sense of that's bringing a very certain emotion to your project? And I just, I don't know how I feel about it. I'm going to be honest. I don't know how this is going to translate to Star Wars. I remember like months ago we had the who would you not want to have as a director or a writer of Star Wars? And I say Quentin Tarantino. Um, and it was because he's so violent and that's his thing. And it didn't make sense to me in Star Wars. Like this, the stuff she's done so far doesn't make sense to me in Star Wars. That doesn't mean she can't do it. I'm only going based on the stuff I've seen, which I love. Bachelorette is so good. Go see it. But I don't know how that's going to translate to a kid's sci-fi fantasy, fun, uplifting cute bear movie <laughs> hmm yeah cute bear movie hmm. i'm thinking like John, ewoks think? like I, i'm not gonna see ewoks doing yeah, coke yeah, yeah. In, in star wars <laughs> then again uh, yeah <laughs> they pass the pipe around but uh yeah um yeah so when yeah so like when it I was saw... even a struggle to talk about this by the way on our podcast because our podcast we try to keep very family friendly and pg so when yeah. you're talking about this woman you're like okay well these are the things she's done well, you're doing a great job Lacey. yeah so i'm trying um <laughs> yeah i when i heard her name i didn't recognize it and i i would imagine a lot of people if they were being honest they would say the same thing um but i did go and binge watch russian doll uh, two nights in a row after my son went to bed. Um, it's eight episodes, about 30 minutes each. So two, say two hours um, oh, each night. That's not bad. Yeah. Um, so what I'll say about that is it has like, it certainly has like modern day, like woke tendencies to it in terms of how the characters interact with each other and, and that sort of thing. And, you know, whatever. But she does a good job at uh, connecting people I thought she did a good job with the characters and you felt like they did care about one another. I know that is important to Star Wars, even though it's a different like genre of storytelling, like Lacey said. Um, so one other thing I did, which is a little trick I do to, to try to like research whether or not someone is working on Star Wars, uh, because this was not officially announced, is I try to look for their old tweets. And so I looked her up and Star Wars... And you find all these old conversations from like four years ago, three years ago, five years ago. With a ago. bunch of people. Like Paul Shear had a conversation with her at some point. Right, right. And trust me, after the past few weeks, I'm an expert on old tweets, right? <laughs> um, oh. But um, you, so in these conversations that she's clearly having with people about Star Wars, all of hers are gone, deleted. Every one of hers that were involved in the in the conversation are gone, and you see the replies to her tweet, which implies what she had said. Um, but she did leave some tweets liked that she maybe forgot to have unliked that were very interesting. Um, one of them referring to Disney as like a cash cow corporate <laughs> machine, and now she's 
apparently going to be a part of it. So, <laughs> um, and one of another tweet she liked was about how uh, Marshall Lucas turned George Lucas's trash movie into a, a, a super hit. So, that's also kind of interesting. I'm sure other people will find those and, and use them against her. I'm not going to do that, but <laughs> they will now, yeah. John. Oh well, yeah, whatever. But I, yeah, you got to be honest. She did like the tweet, and that's on that's on her. But my point being. It's a little trick I do to try to find out if someone's working on it because there's a vetting process and people, especially now nowadays, they're like, you know, you may want to check your old tweets and make sure you didn't say anything inflammatory. Uh, have you said anything inflammatory? Because we don't want to have to fire you and have an embarrassing public firing. Recently, there was a guy from SNL who got fired for saying racial stuff uh, on a podcast. And uh, clearly, she went back and deleted all these tweets about Star Wars. Now, it doesn't mean they were all bad. But she's, you know what? I better delete all my tweets about Star Wars so people don't just don't think I think one way or the other and take tweets out of context because we know people can do that, especially Smart. older tweets. Maybe she's just talking to somebody at a bar. Sometimes you just have right. a casual conversation. So all her tweets are gone. To me, that means she's definitely working on Star Wars. Um, and then you, you think back to her appearance on The Rise of Skywalker, Red Carpet. These things don't happen this quickly. She already knew that she was working with them and talking to them. That's why she got invited there. So when she ha- answered the question, Kathleen Kennedy, please, my queen, please sign me up. She had already talked to Kathleen Kennedy. She sat down. She They talked about the <laughs> ideas already. So it's just yeah. it's a nice thing for people to say, oh, her dream came true. She asked Kathleen Kennedy and she could work on Star Wars now. <laughs> that already happened, guys. So don't go looking at camera expecting that to, to happen to you. But... Uh, I do agree with Lacey, though. It is interesting that they're... If this is true, which they haven't confirmed, but based on what I was just saying, I think it is true that it's happening, that they would give someone who hasn't worked in that type of genre yet of storytelling a brand new series to develop that's not connected to any existing timeline with no characters we know. That's putting a lot of blank faith in something. And now whether it gets screenlit and goes into production, we'll see. But... I obviously have to be a little curious as to how that's going to turn out. I can't just blindly say, oh, this is great. It's more Star Wars. Woo, yeah. I mean, I, I'm curious what... I need more information, I guess, is what I'm saying, James. Um, but um, that's it. Yeah, um, Yeah, I, I agree with all your guys' points. Um, I, You know, it's kind of funny. Um, one thing that I think you were using as a negative point, Lacey, that I actually was kind of like, I didn't know that and I maybe think that could be a positive thing is what you were saying about um, her bringing like, what am I angry about into the project? Um, That kind of, if I were to say, has anybody in star Wars ever done that before? George Lucas, I, I think. And John might attest for some of that. He knows a little bit more about the history of, um, why he was writing the stories he was because he was angry if I'm not mistaken about like the politics and the wars that were going on and things that are happening with our country and overseas and all sorts of things like that. And those were the types of things where he was like, these, these things are issues in my head and I need an outlet to, um, showcase to people they watch this show and they go wow that's crazy i can't believe that's that could happen and then for her to do an interview and say this stuff is happening or this stuff was was my way of explaining how this other stuff is happening and it's real life um it just brings awareness to things that um i and i think a lot of art is like that so i think um using the platform um, to say, what do I, I think it's a good way. I think it's a bad way of saying, what am I passionate about? I think and it's if hard. I'm passionate about it. I, I completely agree I bring with it you. to the hundred yeah. percent. However, I'm also taking a small part of a big longer article and the energy in the whole sure. article was not, Hey, I care about people and I'm fighting for people that, you know, need to be heard. It was more like, I hate everyone. <laughs> I was like, I don't <laughs> yeah. know what to do with this information. Yeah. I don't what, know. It's just, what, it was yeah. a very interesting, all the, all, every single interview I read, because I, I think I read like 10 of them. It was mm-hmm. like every single one wow. was a very negative attitude. And I'm all for standing up for what's right and believing in what you believe in. But I don't know. I, I'm a big person about like, putting the energy into the world that you want received back 
and the interviews that were given weren't very like fun <laughs> interviews i guess i don't know john, john was russian doll like weird yes or was it like like oh my god this is just like it's a weight it's so heavy and it feels like dark it feels like an indie movie it feels like you know what it feels like a little bit like the movie safety guarantee that colin trevorrow did i don't know if you guys saw that but Mm -hmm. it's it's indie but it has like supernatural elements to it so it's grounded in like a like friendship type of story like low budget but it has these elements that don't happen in, in the real world right um so I, without spoiling anything, I mean, it's, it's, it's a pretty quick, smooth watch. I love these Netflix shows that are like, sometimes you, it ends and you're like, yes, it's not an hour and 10 minutes. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> but the last thing I'll say on this, you know, Kathleen Kennedy, and now you have Michelle Regwan, obviously she is in the position of uh, VP of live action development. So she's heavily involved in these hirings now. And this might be her first big one that we know of. Um, they have to trust that whatever she pitched or whatever they went to her for is legit because sure. of Lacey's reason. She hasn't worked in anything close to Star Wars before. She isn't, uh, you know, a veteran in the industry. Uh, she isn't. A, she isn't a, a name everyone knows. Um, they probably do feel pressure to bring in women to develop Star Wars shows and movies. I mean. That's not a controversial statement I'm trying to make here, but it's true. They keep hearing it from people. Every time there's another man uh, introduced to making Star Wars, people get pissed off. So there's probably that pressure there. Let's find some talented women and bring them in. So I think that's a part of it too. But if they're bringing her in to make a, a show for Disney, Kathleen Kennedy and, and Rejwan had to have really been sold on what she said she can do for them and really believed in what she made. So... um you, if you trust Kathleen Kennedy, then you have to have faith that she she's interested in what she's developing. And I know Kathleen Kennedy has had some misfires, and we've had some hirings and firings and that sort of thing. Um, but uh, I guess we got to wait and see on this one. Uh, and then, like Lacey said, once we start seeing more interviews of her talking about Star Wars and, and this stuff now, maybe we'll change our mind. Um, but all we have now is, is, is to what she's done to this point. So it'll be interesting to see where she decides to take her... her um, her public uh, presence from here. Agreed. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, um, lots. Actually, I kind of didn't expect that to be like the kind of the core of our discussion tonight. You know, I thought that would be a, a light look over, but we really went into a deep dive on what we might actually see from this particular individual. So, um, but that's good. But that's it uh, then for the resistance report. Talked about as much news as we can in our short little show that we do. Um, however, we do have some other things that we want to talk about. Lots of stuff coming up. Lacey, could you give us a little bit of a rundown? Yeah. Punch it on three. One, two, three. Punch it. Punch it. Punch it. All right, guys. Scoundrels run down. So you should become a resistance officer. If you'd like to access more content or would like to just support us, join us now at patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. You'll immediately gain access to exclusive content, including eight mini episodes, monthly Q&As, polls, behind the scenes videos, and you qualify for all the other benefits that come with being a resistance officer at each tier. So if you're thinking about joining, now is the time. There's never a better time than now, right? Right. We, we'd love to have you in the base. All right. Yes. And that being said, we want to give a special thank you to our generals. Mello, a.k.a. Grey Jedi, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, Neil Shaw, who is doing an amazing job uh, as a doctor fighting COVID-19. So thank you, Neil, for everything that you're doing and the sacrifices that you're making. Yes, thank you, David. Um, David Probus, John Reese, Micah Harrison, Tampa Movie Guy, Michael Gaines, and Val Trichkoff. Is it cough or cough? Cough. Val. The 14-year-old owner of... (laughs) (laughs) The mystery man behind the kids. I can't believe she brought that back. Um, So, in other exciting news, we are moving our merchandise to teespring.com. What? 
I know. It's crazy. James has been working so hard on this store, guys. Yes, uh, It's going to officially launch this Thursday, April 30th, and will include updates to current designs, new apparel option, options, and some new designs, too. Make sure to go over there. James, you want to give any fun highlights? Any fun, fun teasers? Uh, not particularly other than I'm excited about the the platform looking like a more cohesive store. Um, sure. I think our other one had like our logo, but this one allows us to um, kind of showcase the items a little bit better better rather than just like, hey, do you see the design? Can you imagine it on a shirt <laughs> um, kind of yeah. deal? Um, and I, I think it gives us a little bit more customization um, on the, the back end. I, I think... Like, this may not seem like a big deal to you, but trust us that um, using this platform, it's way better for us as a as a business, as a as a creator. And um, I'm excited to, to kind of move over to this particular site. Um, so there you go. I'm excited for all the new designs. You'll have to check it out on Thursday. I all am right. too. Okay. <laughs> You could find that shirt you're wearing right now over there, too. Mm-hmm. And different items and colors and whatever. Sweet. All right. So also, tune in to the Clone Wars Fan Show this Friday exclusively on the Star Wars Newsnet YouTube channel as James will rate, review, and discuss the next episode of the final season of the Clone Wars. James has been killing it with these. Everyone's tuning in at this point, so you should, too. Head over there. Um, and then also a reminder... Another fan show is making its return. The Mando fan show is returning to discuss each episode of the Mandalorian docu-series on YouTube, on our YouTube channel and podcast feed. So really excited. I know John's pumped to bring back the Mando fan show. So pumped. He announced it before talking to us about it. That's how pumped he is. That's true. I did it. I do what I want. (laughs) I am the captain now. <laughs> this uh, is the way. <laughs> this is the way. No, we are super, super excited. As you guys know, I love, I say it all the time, behind the scenes, you're like, yes, Lacey, we get it. But it's going to be so fun. And we're probably going to look into getting some guests maybe, possibly. Should we Should we rate, this is like live discussion right here. Should we rate these episodes with uh, John Favreau faces? I think we should. No, they should be, they should be, um... <laughs> Pedro's, but they, they're the back of his head because it's like behind the scenes. <laughs> it's just a guy with brown hair. Oh, anyway. no, I yeah. think they got to be Favreau faces. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it, guys. Uh, yeah. So we're going to head over to John, but Chewie, get us out of here. Okay. It is time to hear from all of you out there in uh, hashtag ask the resistance where you throw questions our way for us to add a little more fun to the show. So we appreciate that. I've been wondering, what are midi-chlorians? Uh, we've been getting a lot of questions, um, and we try to get as many as we can into the show. Uh, so keep them coming. Anytime you think of one, uh, you don't have to wait for our like call for questions. You can send it using hashtag AskTheResistance on Twitter. If you're not on Twitter, I get it. Uh, but you can email us at resistancebroadcast at gmail.com. We even have a Facebook page for TRB. You can send us a direct message on there. Uh, a lot of ways, so uh, give us a shout. Uh, but these folks made it on, and we're going to start with uh, Seth Parnell at Galanorian Saber. And this one is going to Lacey. Um, Lacey, do you think Kira from Solo is ever going to show up in animation, considering her relationship with Maul? Hey, Seth. How's it going? Thanks for your question. Uh, Kira's actually already showed up in animation. She showed up in Forces of Destiny, I believe, in one episode with uh, yeah. Hondo Naka, right? Yeah, she definitely did. And yeah. then she also showed up in um, those other Galaxy of Adventure shows. She showed up with, like, when they did the Han Solo one, she was in there a little bit. Yeah, Kessel Run. Um, but I'm assuming you mean, like, Clone Wars-type animation. I don't think so. I can't think of a show that would have her be part of it because Maul's journey kind of ends with Rebels. So it's like, I don't know where she would kind of fit into that. If she was going to fit into it, I guess it would be with Rebels, but we don't know if she lives or dies or whatever. But I'm going to say no, we're not. But we're going to see her 
live action again once they make Solo 2. That's my answer. Mm. All right. Um, yeah, hopefully they do make a follow-up. We'll see. Um, okay, James, this one is going to you. This is from Scott at Bendito Beatis. I don't know if I said that right. Bendito Beats. Bendito Betis. Bean Ditto Betis. I don't know. Let me know, Scott. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you didn't get your handle, Scott, okay? Uh, do you think Shock T's death will finally be shown or conspiracy theory? Do you think that maybe we get a force heal on a wounded Jedi? Maybe Shock T and it allows them to survive, escape, hide, Order 66. Is Shock T not dead, James? Um, well, I have my Star Wars Galactic Maps, which doesn't <laughs> seem like it would be the right place to look. But if you flip over here to the page with all the characters, it says, The Tegruta Jedi Master Shakti was a member of the High Council during the Clone Wars and was responsible for the training of the Republic's clone army on planet Kamino. Though a skilled and cunning warrior, she was killed by Darth Vader during the Jedi Purge and as she meditated in the temple. Oh. So, I know that we know she's dead. Um, and the question is, are they going to bring her back? I gotta, I gotta just think now. I just think um, we know of the Jedi that got away. Um, we've seen the list in the comics. There's probably a few other ones and that's the holdout hope that Shakti could be one of those people. But I just think at the end of the day, um, they have kind of written into their heads that she was, she was one of the Jedi that fell to Darth Vader. Um, but I think in some way it would be cool to see the scene happen. Finally, you know, mm -hmm. Sh show it. Yeah. Cause we saw it in the deleted scene, but they, threw that away and they wrote a different story so yeah there you go Very that's good. what i think well done james um okay next one uh christopher at mr chris lee 24 um asked us what christopher lee isn't that uh am i crazy isn't that, isn't that dooku's yeah. name right are yeah. you dooku christopher let us know in the comments Thanks. <laughs> yeah. um He's the 24th. He's the 24th. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if Christopher Lee had his handle. Clones. That's why Chris couldn't get it. Uh, what do you think oh, yeah. the chances are that we will see Liam Neeson show up in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series? Christopher, I'm just going to be honest with you, man. I am booking it that Liam Neeson is showing up in the Kenobi series. I think it is the lock of all locks beyond even thought. Um, think, look at the movies that Liam Neeson is doing right now. It's uh, like... The, the straight to VHS train robbery part seven. Um, that was not straight to VHS. They don't even make VHS anymore. But if they did, um, no, I, I think he's definitely going to do it. He's been involved. He did the voice in The Rise of Skywalker. He did an appearance in The Clone Wars. I think he enjoyed his time playing Qui-Gon Jinn. I don't think he's one of those uh, deflective actors who, who thumbs his nose at having been in Star Wars. Um, and it would make sense. Um, they set it up at the end of Revenge of the Sith that you're going to be talking to Qui-Gon Jinn and learn how to become one with the Force. It makes so much sense. So it's not... It would be fan service without a doubt. Like, to a, uh, the nth degree. Because we haven't seen this guy in 20 years on film as Qui-Gon Jinn. But it would be... It's going to be such a great moment to see it. I think it's going to be quick. But he's going to appear to Obi-Wan as a, as a Force ghost. Kind of like... Um, that they've seen each other before. But it's like, here they are now. And checking in on him sort of thing so i think there's an absolute guarantee i'd be shocked beyond all belief if liam neeson is not in the obi-wan kenobi series so i'm calling a book it on that um what real quick do you guys think so too you think he's coming in into the yeah. show yeah yeah all right right on so let me know what you think in the comments there christopher and we have one more guys a little fun one to go around the room here uh lauren romo at low row nose um she does the uh galactic uh podcast hey, hey gang Hope you are all staying safe and healthy. You too, Lauren. Hope you're doing well. Uh, so you three are the crew of a ship. What's the name of your ship? What type of business do you use the ship for? James? Oh, I thought... I didn't think this was all of us. I thought this was we're all going to yeah, decide. Yeah, decide together. Right 
I think it should be like a food truck. That's not a ship. And yes, it's a ship. Food ship? Yeah, what food do you want? Ship. Yeah. <laughs> no. It's a food I ship. <laughs> I don't know where he's coming from. Though. You don't have to pay taxes. The empire doesn't bother you. You go wherever you want. You get as many hot dogs as you want. And it, uh, We're I'm a hot I, dog ship in Star Wars. Well, what, what do you what do you think? This is why we should have done our own <laughs> ships. I would call I it know. Jimmy Dong's Chili Dog. That'd be the name of my ship. Get out of here! Hey, I still got that donkey drip recipe on my computer. I need to make that. <sighs> what do you want? Lauren, our I'm to be? so sorry. What do you want our business I don't know. to be? Not spice running, because James would never do that. Like that's James, the first thing you think. James of. is a thief. He would do. He it. would never be a spice runner. <laughs> um, I could see us being you know like a crew that like helps people that like helps slaves escape. Is that a so business? I. It could be. Well, it's a living. Like the like the Flintstones bird who has to be the garbage disposal. Yeah, it's a living. I mean, we yeah. could be kind um, of like a, a Beckett crew, but I just feel like we'd just fail at every job because we would just <laughs> never. I it would like... be like we'd get there and we'd be like, this is the plan. And then John and I would argue and then the plan would fall apart. <laughs> I feel like, James, what, what do you think? Um, my first thought was, um, and and forgive me, I actually forgot to look up the details of this, but everyone will know what I'm talking about. Um, in, in rebels, there is a crew that hangs out on like a dash Rendar style ship. Um, and I forget what they're called. I think it's like iron brigade or something along those lines. Um, but there's three of them and the three of them are meant to, um, uh, replicate the real life people who were involved with filming the star Wars show stuff would, um, and it just reminded me that like, oh, these three people are the three people in real life. So I was immediately drawn to those three characters and those three characters, they, f I think Iron Squadron, was that what they were called? Um, but they fly around and they try to do good, but they make the wrong decisions and get into trouble. And then they had to be saved um, because they I don't know. It's just an interesting episode. And when this question came up, I was like, honestly, we'd probably be the Iron Squadron. <laughs> Our ship would like three kids sh has no reason to be doing what they're doing. Somehow they're trying to do good, but they're just causing a lot of problems and probably going to get killed. Our yeah. ship would definitely be called mm. the Incredible. The Incredible. <laughs> the Incredible. Um. So food truck. I like it. Or the yeah, food TRB3. I guess we just went on a rant for nothing. The TRB3 would be yeah. our droid. Yeah. Um, Who's going to draw that droid? And then, Someone's well, we should it. make it when we go to Galaxy's Edge. I'll draw it right oh, now. We should we make, should it. make TRB3. Yeah, well, well, TRB3 with the orange. Oh. Aww. Hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, food truck would be kind of cool. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, all right. Lauren, let us know what you would do because our ideas were crazy Terrible. and wacky. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but thank you for that. And uh, thanks for wishing us well. I hope you're well. Um, and thank you for every everyone who had sent in questions. Again, keep them coming. We'll try to get you on the show. And maybe one day we'll do another one of those all Ask the Resistance shows. We haven't done that in a while. Ooh, those are fun. we haven't. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, that's it for Ask the Resistance. So thank you guys. And uh, remember to follow us on Twitter at RBATSWNN. And uh, keep coming. And if you just want to tweet at us, it's a good time. We'll have, we have fun. All right. Thank you all so much for listening, watching, being a part of the Resistance. If you haven't yet, uh, subscribe to us. Or if you're new, a lot of new people have been tuning in. So hi. And thank you so much for being with us. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, make sure you like and comment in the videos. Every um, 12 o'clock every day, we post a new episode. We head to the comments, 12 o'clock East, uh, U.S. East. Uh, so join us there, and we interact and have a little back and forth on your comments. So make sure you load up the comments on uh, this episode at noon East U.S. time. Uh, but subscribe there. Or if you're audio, uh, obviously we have uh, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, 
uh, Podbean, all the audio platforms pretty much you can find us on. So uh, whichever you prefer, subscribe so you know when our two episodes a week uh, hit you. And then, of course, the Mando Fan Show, which will be coming. So you have to make sure you do subscribe. Um, and make sure you go to StarWarsNewsNet.com every day for all of your Star Wars news, reviews, editorials, information, and more. As Lacey said before, Patreon.com slash Resistance Broadcast if you'd like to support us and also get a lot of other content. Uh, it's a good time to do that, especially now that we're all home and, and that sort of thing. So um, that is pretty much that. Obviously, as we said before, the new shirts store, Teespring. Check it out on Thursday. Uh, big ups to James for doing all the hard work on that. Uh, dude, you do a lot of stuff behind the scenes, so I just want to say um, thanks for all you do. It's that that store looks amazing, and I can't wait for everybody to see it. So good job, dude. Um, you guys can thanks. find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey and at StarWarsNewsNet.com. James, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Myra Trunks and hanging out with our new droid TRB3. Yeah, he drew the droid. Oh my gosh! All right, um, Lacey. People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin. All right, that is it. Thursday, we're doing a Kessel Run, guys. We're going to talk about evilness in Star Wars. So think about the most evil things that ever happened in Star Wars and join us with your list. And we'll have fun once again. So see you in a few it's days basically right me. here on the Resistance Broadcast. See you Bye. Around.